Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All right, so last hour we were discussing whether or not Biden should pardon Donald Trump. Pros and cons of that. Uh, Also, whether or not the media is trying to get Trump through the primary because they think he's going to be an easier candidate to beat in the general with Joe Biden. Um, so I got a bunch of emails here to Pete at the Pete calendar show. Um, Pete, this is from Dave. Trump would never accept a pardon that would insinuate he did something wrong. And that is something his ego would never allow him to do. That's yeah, that's a fair point. Cause everything is he did was perfect. It's always perfect. Um, Joe says uh, a couple of thoughts. One, I don't think the recipient has the option of refusing a pardon. However, accepting it officially might be considered to be an admission of guilt. Yeah, same line. Uh, yeah, same line of thinking there. Um, Jan says, uh, seen as going against the rabid wing of his party, President Biden puts himself in a good position. AOC and the others may throw screaming fits, which makes for good TV and is highly amusing to see their hypocrisy and angst. So it will get Biden a lot of press, plus the fact that the leftists will vote mindlessly for their candidate, regardless of what he does. Um, Brian says, Pete, isn't that exactly how we ended up with Mitt Romney, John McCain and Bob Dole, just to name a few? The media gave them all the coverage because they knew they weren't good candidates. Right. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there, there is a well, I'm trying to remember what the number was, but it was in I think it was like a it may have been in the billions. No, I know it was in the billions. It may have been multiple billions. Worth of free press that the media gave Donald Trump. And he's I get it. He was telegenic, right? He's a he's a TV guy. He's in his element. He does all the interviews, makes all the rounds, takes all the questions. And, you know, you don't know what he's going to say next. And his behavior is crazy. The stuff he says is crazy. It's like, yeah. It, and and there were a lot of people that, yeah, Hillary Clinton's camp, they were like, yeah, we want Trump to be the nominee. That would be hilarious. They put Trump up there and we just mopped the floor with him. And then, of course, they didn't. Um, regardless of the loyal opposition's motivation, it is scared of orange man bad, says Bob. I, that's the thing. I don't, I'm not sure that's the case. I know a lot of people that love Trump believe that the left is scared of him. And I think they're scared of him getting power. I don't think that they're scared of him winning. I think they're afraid of what he might do if he's back in power. But even that I don't really find to be, a lot of that is performative. You know, end of democracy and all of that stuff, especially if the Democrats end up controlling one or both chambers of the Congress. So I don't I really don't see their their fear of him is one born of him beating Joe Biden. Biden already beat him once. I think they feel like they can beat him again. That's 
again, that's that's just my read on them. I'm not basing that on any of the, the polling, although the polling seems to indicate that too. But then again, you can't trust the polling, and Trump supporters will tell us that you can't trust the polling, so they just ignore all of that. And so then it's just about your feels, right? That's all this comes down to is what does your what does your gut tell you? And when, when I say gut, I mean what does your you know prior opinion already calcified tell you? And if you love Donald Trump, then he's going to win. He's going to win because he's awesome, and Joe Biden is terrible, and people are going to see it your way. And if you love Joe Biden and you hate the orange man, then then you're going to then your guy's going to win, right? It's just it. And right now, this is this is sports talk. That's where we are. This is sports talk because nobody knows what's going to happen in the general election. So everything is just projection, but nobody knows. And I don't get the I don't get the idea that um, that Democrats are scared of Trump. I think Trump supporters believe Democrats are scared of Trump. I absolutely agree with you on that. Trump supporters believe Democrats are scared of him. I don't believe that's true, though. Maybe there are some, but I think most of them are just afraid what happens if he wins. They're not afraid he's actually going to win. But again, this is part of the problem when everybody views everything through the prism of Trump and you got people that, you know, they're they're announcing this parade of horribles if Trump wins. And, and they just become riddled with anxiety over this thing because they're so worried it's going to happen. Um, John says, uh, oh, my gosh, really? There are 24 Republican candidates. Sure enough, Brian Friend, Donald Kajornis, Albert Harshaw, John Anthony Castro, Hudson 2K24 for president. That's an odd name. Steve Laffey, Walter Clapp, Rollin Roberts, Corey Stapleton, Paige Boring. She doesn't really, I don't know. She just doesn't excite me. Come on. Paige Boring. Okay. Angeline Payne, Asa Hutchinson, Perry Johnson, Mike Pence, Ryan Binkley, Francis Suarez, Larry Elder, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, and Doug Burgum. 24 candidates for president on the GOP side. So, yeah, I think that's how you're going to get you're going to get Trump through the primary. Um, because no one has the um, no one has the. The base that Trump has. He's got like, what, 30 percent. Unfortunately for him, the base is very close to the to the ceiling. It's not a lot because he's a known entity. There's not a lot of people that are like, oh, who's this guy? No, everybody has an idea. So a couple of comments here. This. What is this? A part. Oh, here. Oh, thank you. Uh, Icky Fu says uh, Burdick versus United States, a case in which the Supreme Court held that a pardoned person must introduce the pardon into court proceedings. Otherwise, the pardon must be disregarded to the court. So there you go. The pardoned person must accept the pardon. If it is rejected, it cannot be forced upon its subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, regarding the North Carolina Speaker of the House and his um, affair with a married woman that has now surfaced, um, 
because the married woman's husband is suing in court, claiming alienation of affection. We are one of only a handful of states where you get to sue the uh, the person that is uh, having the affair with your spouse for civil damages. Um, and he's seeking at least $200,000 from House Speaker Tim Moore. Um, but Adam says, if this is true, then we now have confirmation that he wasn't dating Trisha Cotham. Well, we don't actually know that because this guy who's making the accusation says that his wife was pressured that he that that Speaker Moore pursued his wife, and uh, basically she she could not uh, uh, reject him because it would jeopardize her job. Although I've been told by somebody who works up in Raleigh that um, that she doesn't that Speaker Moore would not really have any sway over her job. She worked in the court system, so they. They tend to think that Scott is, uh, Lassiter, who is the husband here, is embellishing all of this. Uh, he also he lives in a neighborhood, um, very well-to-do neighborhood, McGregor Country Club neighborhood of Apex. Uh, family apparently has got a lot of money. And the guy that is seen on the video camera um, on the front porch may appear, uh, he's like, that looks like a guy from that neighborhood. Not that he knows the person, but like... He's like profiling him, and it looks like the kind of guy that would live in that really well-to-do neighborhood because he had like a monocle and a top hat, and he was dressed like the Monopoly guy. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was wearing just a T-shirt and shorts. Um, yeah, I don't know. Either worst P.I. ever. Yeah, or maybe it's possible that the husband, the the jilted husband here, maybe he uh, maybe he set it up. A lot of questions, a lot of questions. Uh, here's a question for you. Should conservatives celebrate Juneteenth? If you listened last year, you'll know my position on it. But I came across this piece at USA Today that asks the question. You know, on June 19th, 1865, Union, the story is that Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas, to deliver news of the Emancipation Proclamation more than two years after President Abraham Lincoln had issued the proclamation, the promise of freedom was finalized, re, uh, finally realized rather in the westernmost Confederate state. What do you think? All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Juneteenth. Call me crazy. Really, go ahead. That's fine. No, call me crazy, but... um. I think that celebrating the end of slavery is a worthwhile holiday. It's a worthy holiday. I do. I think it's a good thing to commemorate. I mean, slavery was bad. And then slavery was abolished. And there was no, there's been no holiday in throughout American history that was, you know, recognized for, for that 
milestone, right? Where we we became a little bit more of a perfect union, right? Got rid of slavery based on constitutional principles at play. I mean, yes, a lot of people fought and died in the war, but slavery ended. That's a good thing. All right, now what about the Juneteenth story, right, where Union troops arrive at Galveston Bay, deliver the news. Texas recognized this back in 1979, but then it was, uh, what, two years ago, Joe Biden signed the bill recognizing the day, and then Juneteenth became a federal holiday. Okay. I'm okay with all of that. I'm okay with this being the uh, the origin story. It's a good story. Oh, but Pete, come on. It's a, like, what, are you just going to make up holidays? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's how we do it. <laughs> right? Every single one of them. That's, we're like, ah, uh, yeah, that's a good holiday. Well, yeah, let's take this day and we're going to commemorate all the presidents. We're going to, or this day, we're going to commemorate all of the veterans. This day, we're going to commemorate um, Easter, Christmas, right? We decide to call these days holidays. And this is the origin story for this one. And it has the added benefit, I would submit, of being a holiday that was created by and you know recognized by the people who were directly affected by it right the right wasn't african americans who created this and recognized this as a holiday that's a good origin story i'm not threatened by that nobody should be threatened by that i don't know who is um usa today says the new holiday was met with conflicting reactions among conservatives I'm trying to see who this was. Uh, it's De- it's Dace Potas. That's a, that's a name. Uh, Dace Potas, an opinion fellow for USA Today, a graduate from DePaul University with a degree in political science, is the president of the Lone Conservative, the largest conservative student-run pub- uh, publication in the country, has also written for National Review, Just the News, The College Fix, and others. Okay, so this is a, a self-proclaimed conservative arguing that conservatives should celebrate Juneteenth. I don't know if that means we go shooting people. I'm not sure what the customs are at this point, but I understand that. I'm just just looking at the headlines from this weekend. What is the deal? Only 14 House Republicans voted against the legislation that established the holiday. Some conservatives expressed hostility to the idea. Dare I say they they pounced? The conservative perspective on America's past injustices commonly goes something like this. The founding principles of our country are precisely what allowed us to overcome the crimes of our past and thus should be preserved. America has failed to live up to its promise that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain certain unalienable rights in many facets of history. However, Whether those shortcomings were the original sin of slavery, the deprivation of women's rights to vote, or any of our other past wrongdoings, America has over time continued to refine her actions to better fulfill her promises. Right. And this is an example of that. And so I'm I'm good with celebrating it. I'm totally fine with it. Um he says we should celebrate occasions that mark the realization of our founding fathers' principles. 
and Juneteenth marks an important victory in that arena. Embracing it is not about rewriting the American founding or about replacing Independence Day. Wait, do people make that argument that we're replacing Independence Day? That's a totally different day. It's about embracing the realization of our founding promises for all people. America's sin of slavery is morally reprehensible, but the realization of the words that all men are created equal is what we are choosing to celebrate. That's the point. Right? Why not celebrate the abolition of slavery? You must be pro-slavery. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But but I I, I don't understand the arguments against it. It's a made-up holiday. I agree. They all are. Right? I mean, they all commemorate something, but at some point someone has to say, okay, we're going to pick this date. Right? December 25th, we're going to say that's when Jesus was born. Do we know that he was born on December 25th? I thought it was some other time. I thought we'd like, didn't they align that with some pagan holiday or something years and years and years ago? It just becomes customary. Like, we, I don't think we need to overthink it. Plus, also, I could have taken the day off, and I didn't. Now, um, here's my beef. Is when you're having these Juneteenth celebrations, I don't think it's proper to be shooting people okay i don't think that should become part of the tradition right i know this is like a nascent kind of uh holiday we're just kind of figuring this out what are we going to do how do we mark it right like what are the festivities and such i would suggest shooting wildly into large crowds of people is not a good tradition to start now, Charlotte appears to have been sort of on the front edge of this. By the way, did they ever catch any of the people that did that? Has it been four years now? Still no? Okay, just checking. But now there was more violence that erupted. This One, one of these uh, events was up in Asheville. They had to cancel their whole thing, their, their whole uh, celebration because some 16-year-old allegedly shot at two other teenagers at Court Plaza. That's Pack Square Park. It's literally in front of the courthouse and the police department and the fire department and city hall. It's all right there. Then there was another one where there were people that were all gathered around for some impromptu street takeover, you know, like the cars where they do the burnouts and all that stuff. And someone started firing into that crowd as well. This kind of stuff has got to stop. It's got to stop. Let's go over here and talk to Snake. Is that is that your is that your real name, Snake? Uh, unfortunately, so, Pete. Really? Yeah. There's only one other person I've ever heard of named Snake. He lives in Springfield. All right. What about the guy in the Jimmy Buffett song? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So what's the Maybe so what's the can you do, do you know the story behind that? Like, did you ever ask your parents like why why Snake? No, I was afraid to ask. Oh, all right. I'd be curious. Like, I would. Like, am I named after somebody? Like, uh, somebody else named Snake? Okay. Uh, I'm certainly curious, but then there's the you know there's the risk benefit of asking. That That's question. true. Once, yeah, like don't ask a question if you you don't want the answer. That's true. That's true. All right. So, what do you make of the whole Juneteenth uh, situation? Well, happy Juneteenth, first of all. Yes, to you too. Conservative to another. And and the the thing is, uh, emancipation, right? It's in the Constitution. Republican president, 
that's who enforced the Constitution. So mm-hmm. we should celebrate that as Republicans. Great idea in the Constitution. Republicans respect the Constitution. And so uh, this Republican president did that. Mm-hmm. Celebrate that. I agree with all that. Here's my beef. It, like, how many federal holidays are we going to have? So I'm not saying get rid of this one, but I'm saying at some point, could somebody say we're going to have conservation of holidays? And we're going to just pick a number, and then we're going to stick with it so that we don't have, like, 365 days worth of holidays. And, like, the federal government, although it would be great if the federal government didn't work. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, like, you're just walking through that. I'm thinking, wait, where's the downside here? So the federal government just is never open? I think I'm okay with this idea. <laughs> I am up that we keep paying them. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That would be. Well, but here's the thing. Would you be willing to pay them a portion of what we pay them now for everybody not to work so this way they don't do anything? Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah. It's like not growing corn or something, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, like, so if we're going to incentivize them to not mess with us, here, we'll just pay you to go away. I'll, I'll give credit to the hardworking federal employees. I'll say that, but, but yes. if you pay the Congress to never work, I would, I would happily chip in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's a fair. Um, that's a fair point. I think there. I, I saw somebody else uh, suggest something like, "Yeah, if they're going to add more federal holidays, then you need to start taking some away, sort of like a paygo, I guess." Um, I don't know what days you would get rid of because there's some built-in constituency for like all holidays. I think. Um, yeah, but, but that's that's like having a spine, Pete. And you know, right. I know if we sent you to Congress, you could do it. But oh I, yeah. Totally. I think those guys can't. Yeah, I will. I'm only, I would only be one vote out of like, you know, 535. So I, I would not be able to get anything done uh, except tilt at windmills. So I recognize this from my time now on the HOA board. I recognize the <laughs> limits of my power. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Snake, I appreciate the call, sir. Enjoyed it. All Thank right. You. Take care. Uh, next up here is Tim. Welcome to the program. Hello, Tim. Hey, man, I tell you what, I enjoy your show so Thank much. you. But uh, um, I've attended a few Juneteenth celebrations going back to the 1980s. And so I'm perfectly fine with celebrating June 19th. Everyone who wants to should. I just don't like the way it's portrayed because June 19th was not the end of slavery in the U.S. And by portraying it as such, um, you just cement this narrative that uh, slavery was purely a Southern thing. When, and I've said this before, the last two states in the Union to be forced to completely give up slavery were New Jersey and Delaware. And that happened with the ratification of the 13th Amendment six months after June, Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. So the way Juneteenth is being portrayed, you let all these other people in the nation off the hook <laughs> when they when all of them were just as guilty. So that's my only hang up with it. Right. Well, and I understand that, but um, I, I think though, if you are using it as, as simply a, uh, a way, I mean, for example, we don't like, we celebrate July 4th, right? Declaration of independence. But what's what, what actually creates us, would that have been the like the constitution day, right? That's not a federal holiday. I can make an argument that maybe that one should be the, the federal holiday. But so at some point you have to choose. Yeah, to your point. Yeah, at some point you have to choose, like, what what is the origin story you want to go with? I mean, and honestly, 
Do we really want a federal holiday that has any kind of origin story connected to New Jersey of all places? My God, what will we? I mean, what will we be doing to our country? (laughs) I mean, really. You point. I will claim Juneteenth. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's keep New Jersey out of this equation, and we're just going to keep it with Texas. All right, Uh, Tim, I appreciate the call. That's no. I get it. The way people twist this stuff and use this stuff, and that's. I mean, look, people are going to do that. I, I. I look at it as a celebration of the end of slavery or the end, like the Emancipation Proclamation. But it's it's all of those things. It's, it took a long time for all of that stuff to happen. I mean, heck, weren't there battles still being fought after Appomattox or something? So, you know, things didn't travel as quickly back then as they do now. David, welcome to the show. Hello, David. Hey, how are you? Good. What's going on? Um uh- I mean, I don't really have a problem with the concept of celebrating Juneteenth. Hey, you know, it's a great day, a great event. I'm just afraid that the holiday itself will be hijacked by what I call the race pillars to, to further divide us even more. Sure. Make it a day. Well, but, I mean, they do that for every holiday, though. I mean, like, I mean we can't, we can't, they're going to be, they're going to do that no matter what, right? They're going to do that with every holiday, every institution, everything that they can. But that can't be a reason why we don't recognize something. Yeah, I just, I guess I just get burned out. Yeah. It just seems like everything's about race. And so I'm like, can we just move on from that? It just. It just seems like everything's about race, and I just feel like this is be another day to get up there, like the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharptons and all the others, to get up there and do speeches about how they're continue to be in, in, you know, oppressed and the struggle continues and yada yada yada, you know. Sure, but I mean, I think also that it's an opportunity for people to recognize that. We did end slavery over 150 years ago now, right? And that, that did happen. And so maybe, like, maybe we look forward, right? I don't know. Yeah, think, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, yeah. I can't wait. You know what? In a, in a few years, when it gets more popularity to it, we'll see where it goes. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, it's very early on. We'll yeah, I agree. We'll see how it, the holiday is used. Yeah. David, I appreciate it. Hi. Thank you. Yes, sir. Good to talk with you. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners, all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Have you seen or heard what's been going on with Joe Rogan and Tim Pool and Elon Musk and Mark Cuban and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Dr. Peter Hotez. <laughs> I know there's a long list. But essentially, RFK Jr. went on to the Joe Rogan podcast and RFK Jr. said a whole bunch of crazy stuff about all sorts of vaccines and science and data. And this guy, Dr. Peter Hotez, who apparently had also at some point been on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple years ago, maybe like during the pandemic, because Hotez has been making the rounds on all of the media circuit for 
well, since 2020. He's been doing it, and it's, it's kind of comical. I've seen videos of him documenting his, dare I say, evolution uh, through the course of the pandemic, where, you know, he's giving all of these conflicting uh, pieces of advice. He's, you know, all these warnings and the urgings, and it's, you know, from the masks to the uh, to the lockdowns, to the isolation, uh, to the to the vaccines, uh, to the kids' ages on the vaccines, to who should get them, and then who's uh, who's uh, should be getting the boosters, how many boosters, and that one didn't work, and get another booster, and another one, and this other one, and this other one, and it's just like this constant parade of not getting it right, you know. And I understand you're you're building the plane while you're flying it. I get it. The stuff you thought was so true that you told us we had to do turned out eh, didn't really work that way. So let's do this other thing. But now you really got to believe me because I'm telling you this is the thing that's really true now. You know, at some point, people are correct to have doubts. That, that, that is the logical, that is the rational thing to do is to have doubts. When you keep changing the story... And never acknowledging, oh yeah, we screwed that up. Oh, we did, we messed up on that piece of advice. I got, we got people that are still right now trying to play the, the mask up or you want Granny to die card. They're still playing that, and and they think that this actually motivates people now. It it, it really does speak to the laziness of of uh, people when they don't have to debate, right? When they are in uh, in their bubbles and they are never challenged, they become flaccid. They do. Their arguments become weak, uninspiring, unpersuasive. And this is why I like this guy, Doctor Hotez, has been asked. He's been challenged by Joe Rogan to come on the show and debate RFK. So now here's the thing: RFK, he's a conspiracy theorist, for one. But Hotez has been making the rounds. On, on all these media outlets. So the idea that he is like ill-equipped or unprepared to have a debate in a public forum or something, like they're saying, you shouldn't do it. Don't ever debate them because they're this is what they do. They're public debaters. Well, so is this guy. So I don't, I don't buy that. Now, I do agree with the idea of platforming kookery. Like I, like, well, I disagree. Like I, I do recognize that giving a, a larger platform to conspiracy theories and theorists can be counterproductive. And that's what some other people are telling Hotez that he, that's why he shouldn't do this debate either. So I would suggest you take RFK out of it and bring in some other scientist. And why don't you have that debate? And you do that debate on the Joe Rogan show. Oh, but Pete, there are already podcasts where they have these discussions among experts. They do it all the time. There's this podcast and that podcast, and that's all fine and good. Are they Joe Rogan's podcast with like a gajillion followers? No. Also, Rogan's offering to pay a bunch of money, as is another uh, group of people. Uh, They've raised like hundreds of thousands of dollars to donate to a charity of this doctor's choice. But this guy, he's kind of like I've seen him referred to as a mini Fauci. There are a lot of questions that people have about uh, the sort of the turnstile between, you know, pharmaceutical companies, research, government, academia, the medical profession. You know, is there anything to this concept that there's uh, there's 
profit to be made in the treatment, not the cure. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it would be fascinating. I would very much like to see this guy called to account. I'd very much like to see somebody go after him for what he said and to have a debate. What about that guy Malone? Right? Remember that guy? The creator of the mRNA virus or vaccine or not virus, but the vaccine, the mRNA, right? That guy Malone. And he got blackballed because he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and talked about COVID-19 and and the mRNA virus or the vaccine. Keep calling it the virus. It's not a Freudian slip. Well, maybe it is. Why not have a debate between those two guys? Anyway, that's a wrap for me today. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.